I'm Alex Wong, and the Wong Takes start now. Well, hello. The date is August 7th, 2018. August 7th means that, well, a few things. One, summer is almost over. Came in by really quick. Um... The sun is getting setting earlier. I think it set at like what, like eight o'clock uh, yesterday here on the west coast, um, and the days are passing by quick. School is about to get started for a lot of people, including yours truly. Um, that doesn't mean we're going to be down on the long takes. We've always been able to post the long takes during school, at least last year when we um, had the long takes during school. Um, and I'm very excited to get back into things. Um, the fall coming along means that football is back uh, in a few weeks. College football is starting in three weeks, the NFL in four. Uh, so we're gonna we're probably going to mix up the format a little bit there. I think last year um, it, it was really fun discussions a lot of the time, but um, some, I think we're going to broaden our focus a little bit. I remember last year we focused on like a few games. I think this year we can take more of a step back, um, especially with our 30-minute uh, format that I adopted uh, at the start of the turn of the year. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm very excited to get just everything, the sports calendar, back into play, because this uh, summer we've been a little light on topics sometimes, because uh, it's mostly just baseball nowadays. Uh, so it'll be great to get football back. You'll get basketball back uh, with all the moves that went down this summer. That was the uh, one interesting, constant source of information. Uh, was basketball free agency. So we're going to get to see all of those moves play out. We got football, we got basketball. Um, we got a, a great year, sports year, it appears to be. And we'll be here to cover it all on the Wong Takes. So that's my little plug. Um, that wasn't even planned plug, it just happens. Um, but anyway, let's, get, let's dive right into the show. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about this Urban Meyer story. So this story has dominated sports news this week. Uh, in my opinion, at least, uh, and rightfully so. It's it's a big story to a big program and a big sport here in the United States. Um, and, and so let's dive into it. Um, the story, reported by formerly of ESPN, Brett McMurphy, said that Urban Meyer, essentially based on circumstantial evidence, knew about a domestic violence incident that occurred with a member of his staff in which a member of his staff abused his now ex-wife, Zach Smith, abusing Courtney Smith. Uh, and Urban Meyer didn't report anything to the administration, didn't report, didn't take any action against Zach Smith, uh, and actually didn't end up firing him until, I think it was last month. In other words, recently and not right after the incident, which was in 2015. Um, now, this is just a crazy story because you have multiple perspectives. It's not just a uh, he said, she said, it appears to be a she said, and that's the end of it as far as domestic abuse goes, but I'll get more into that later. Um, but as far as the Urban Meyer situation, there's multiple perspectives about who said what, when, to whom, uh, etc. And there's so many different uh, ways to look at this. But first of all, first of all, uh, in my opinion, the investigation first, before we get into any quick judgment, uh, should be gone through. There's an investigation by the university um, about what did Meyer know, when did he know it, what did he say, and to whom did he say it. Now, once that investigation is done, 
if Urban Meyer did in fact not say anything, if he heard this and just let it go because Zach Smith was the uh, grandfather or grandson of Urban Meyer's ex-head coach or um, whatever the family ties are between the two families and he didn't fire him and, and just waited until now to do it, then obviously he should be fired. Uh, covering up domestic abuse is not something you should do, especially no, to have a, a known abuser on your staff is, number one, just not moral, and number two is not a good PR look. Uh, so I think definitely Urban Meyer should be fired, but it also goes both ways. If Urban Meyer... Uh, who claimed that he went to the uh, AD Gene Smith at Ohio State right after uh, he heard about this incident. If that's true, and in fact, uh, Urban Meyer did tell the AD and the AD didn't do anything, then I think he needs to go, or someone in the in, in the, the top higher-ups needs to go. Essentially, whoever's responsible for not taking proper action should be let go. Uh, I think that's the real only proper course of action here. I don't know uh, how many people are debating that, um, but that really is what you need to do. Now, of course, there are people who are saying Urban Meyer should stay, and there was actually a rally held uh, in front of Ohio Stadium yesterday with about, uh, I think it was about 100 people, and the rally was around 20 minutes. Now, I, I, th- I support, I guess that I support their right to say, like, we support Urban Meyer, and I am glad that the lead organizer says we don't condone domestic violence, but it is still a little bit of a bad look regardless of really regardless of what their true intentions were it's just not something that you wanted to see in front of them now there is some sort of like responsibility uh, with Ohio State as far as setting a precedent again with what we're going to do in these types of cases because you don't see uh or you don't see too many of these cases right now but as these stories start to emerge and this topic starts to gain popularity or not popularity but publicity you might start to see similar stories come out of other big time universities uh, many universities put their money in front of everything else, put the success of their football team, their basketball team, their money that they earned from those successes in front of perhaps morals, so to speak. And that's kind of a given. I mean, people are going to want their bread. But you have to, as Ohio State, if you let this slide and you just say everyone can stay, I mean, what are you telling uh, members of staffs that perhaps are abusing and haven't gotten the word, haven't aren't uh, exposed yet. You're gonna, you're not gonna be setting a nice image for college football or for college sports, perhaps, because I mean, this is a, this is a place where you're trying to mold young men. I mean, this is still a college uh, athletic team. I know the line between amateur and professional has been kind of blurred at this point, but this is you're still trying to lead college football players, college students. Um, so the kind of precedent you want to set is one that is obviously against domestic violence and also a strong uh, enforcement of responsibility, saying if you do something, we will do something back. That's what you want to send the message and not a lenient sort of thing. Um, and also, i just like to wonder how far we've come regarding domestic violence disputes uh, since, what, four years ago when the Ray Rice uh, domestic violence case came out in the NFL and, and, and all the Me Too movement and everything. I mean, it's still appalling to see guys like Zach Smith, who went on, who did an interview with ESPN. First of all, ESPN for giving a platform. I don't know if I support that. This guy's kind of like a given abuser. Uh, and ESPN let him get his word out, and perhaps some people could adopt his point of view 
uh, and use it to back their own. But nonetheless, Zach Smith said that he, quote, anything that, this is not a quote, by the way, just me paraphrasing, but any uh, any time he hurt her was in self-defense and that she was the aggressor. Now, first of all, obviously everyone's different, but I don't, I've never really heard that be too much of the case. Like, I don't know how that would work for starters. And also, he just seemed kind of nervous the entire interview. None of his stories kind of matched anyone else's. Um, and he really just seemed like he was the one who abused her. Uh, he went as far as slandering the reporter who released the story, uh, say, like saying these texts that the reporter supposedly released are fake. So, like, I don't think, like, you have to have some accountability and have some morals, I would hope. And I don't, re- I haven't seen any evidence come out that Courtney Smith was the one who was abusing Zach, and Zach just only strangled her or hit her out of self-defense. There is basically no evidence for that, and there's no precedent for basically no precedent for that. Um, so I don't really know what he thinks he's doing, but I guess he's just trying to protect his livelihood. But at this point, he's already fired, um, and he's already kind of disgraced in the public eye, uh, which is good for an abuser. So. That's the Ohio State story, and it's going to keep going on. Um, and, and I hope that they get this sorted out. And if it ends in a particularly interesting fashion, we'll come back to it on the show. But I've said about um, as much as I need to say on this topic. Now, the next topic is a little bit juicy, um, and it's been going around the last couple of weeks. And it actually got confirmed, which is why it ended up on my outline this week. Uh, and that is a potential one-on-one Winner-take-all, $10 million pop match between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, two American titans of the golf circuit, uh, going mano a mano in order to take the money. Uh, Now, this is an interesting proposition. It's going to happen, according to Golf Digest. Uh, It's going to happen Thanksgiving weekend, either November 23rd, which is a Friday, uh, or November 24th, which is a Saturday. Um, and that's obviously going to be able to draw a large uh, viewership um, and not butting up against the NFL's Thanksgiving production, which is smart. Um, and it's it has all of it's going to have all of this all of the buildup of a Mayweather McGregor fight that happened last August. Um, and I think to some extent this match could actually be a little bit similar to that in terms of the fact that you've got a humongous a humongous press corps. Now, obviously, you don't have the animosity between uh, Mayweather and McGregor that you do or that you did there, not here in Tiger and Phil. Uh, their relationship has been kind of icy in the past, but now it's really, uh, they've developed a good friendship there, I, th- in, I think. Um, and I think this one is going to be a lot more friendly, and I think it's going to be a lot more media friendly. Um, but at the same time, these are both older players. They're definitely, they're years out of their prime. Tiger Woods uh, is still good. Mickelson is still good. They can still play, but neither of them are really uh, in contention for most majors anymore. Uh, But nonetheless, just the fact that these are American guys is going to draw an American audience, and people are going to yearn for the good times, so to speak. Um, I'm excited to see this. It's going to be airing on TNT, I believe, which should mean that it should be free, not pay-per-view. Thank goodness. Um, and it's, it's nice to see a different format, just not have to have the four days. You can just have one day, sit down for a couple hours or more, um, and watch these two Titans go at it. Um, I think this is going to be a 
fun match, and I'm not really hating on them. I mean, just get your bread, man. I said bread twice in this episode, um, which is uh, weird. But uh, you know what? Even if it is just a publicity stunt and, and it's just meant to draw crowds and maybe not be the highest quality performance, it is still two golf pros who at one time were uh, at or near the top of the sport. Uh, once an extremely dominant Tiger and multi-major winning Phil. So, I mean, I, I don't hate it. I mean, go get your money, man. Now, this could be, in, in the past years, um, I would have said that if they had played a match like this, it would be an indication of golf's popularity, just because they are two of the biggest names in the sport, um, and the ratings that you would get from this would mean a lot, and the sponsorships you would get from this would mean a lot, as far as how much golf really still has a place in the American sports culture. But, I mean, I'm not going to really say that anymore because this new generation of American golfers with guys like Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson, who's a really dominant number one right now, um, and Ricky Fowler, Tiger and Phil are kind of by the wayside. I mean, golf survived not having Tiger for a few years. Um, Maybe in the first year or so it was a little rough not having Tiger to draw on the ratings. Um, but now people are, are really starting to get a sense of the storylines um, surrounding these other golfers, like the friendship between uh, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, who's another uh, up-and-coming golfer. Um, and, and so there's a lot of fun storylines that people can trace without Tiger and Phil. Uh, so it's nice to see, but nonetheless, I still expect there to be big ratings for this tournament. Um, if I had to take a winner, um, you know... To be honest, I'm not the humongousest golf watcher. I mostly just watch the majors. Um, but I guess I would just have to take Tiger for the name brand and just the amount of pressure situations he's had to been in since he was, like, what, 19 years old um, being in the PGA. Uh, so I would have to take him in this 1v1 match. But, hey, I mean, you never know. Um, this is a 1v1 match, and it's 18 holes. Uh, so I, I'm excited for this. Just tell me what you guys think. Um, and... We'll be watching that definitely on Thanksgiving weekend. Topic number three for today is an actually really enlightening one. Um, And I'm glad I can talk about this this week. We're not too full um, because this is definitely something worth talking about. Last Monday, LeBron James's I Promise School in Akron officially started open. Uh, school and that's great for not only the kids who get to go to the school but the entire community i mean this is from cnn just listen to what these students who go to the school are going to be guaranteed free tuition free uniforms free breakfast lunch and snacks free transportation within two miles free bicycle free helmet access to a food pantry for the students, every student's family. Uh, parents of students will receive access to job placement services and help acquiring their GEDs, plus guaranteed tuition for all graduates to the University of Akron. Um, that's really the kicker right there. Now, all of these things are built to help low-income, at, low at-risk students succeed. Um, and that's great because... The cycle of poverty is real. People who are born in poverty are more likely to stay in poverty and have kids that stay in poverty. And to help try to lift some of these kids out with all these uh, free supplies and free education um, is something that every student should get and maybe set a model for 
uh, what more students or what more schools should do, what private schooling should be. Now, this is actually a public school, um, which brings up some interesting points. Like more students, even though the students are hand-drawn, more students will have access to it. Um, the city of Akron can ha and the state of Ohio can have more of an involvement in this school. It's not just a charter school privately run by LeBron. It is a public school. Um, so that means that everyone gets more opportunity, um, and, and that's something good for the community, that it'll help benefit the community. And what's actually interesting is I've been reading up, and the last, uh, yesterday, or the last couple of days, there's been a little bit of um, backlash against the school because of a reported uh, $8 million or something million dollars that'll be added to taxpayer money. Um, but according to Akron Public Schools, they're actually going to have a balanced budget, and taxpayers are still going to be paying the same amount of money regardless of whether the school is there or not, or the same as what they had last year, um, just for moving teachers around and things like that. So I think it's remarkable. It's not only a testament to LeBron and his family foundation and what he's able to do, but also to the city of Akron um, and them really being able to cooperate on this joint venture so that this can happen without taking too much of a toll on everyone else, um, not having everyone have to pay extra taxes. Um, so shout out to Akron Public Schools um, and that community for making this happen. Uh, not only bring publicity to Akron, maybe draw some more people in, act as sort of a, a population boost, um, but to do this at little, relatively little cost to everybody else. I think this proves once and for all that for all the hate that LeBron gets for his basketball decisions for his style of play for going to Los Angeles this summer for the the goat just the goat conversation with Michael Jordan for all of those things that he gets thrown at him from the media from the public uh, from us it's nice to, it's it's rewarding to see a player that's still a good person I think this should put an end to the debate about whether he's a good person or not um, clearly he knows where he came from this is not for Los Angeles this is not for Miami. This is for, not even for Cleveland, it's for Akron, where he was born and where he was raised and where he played, or Cleveland, for a lot of, the, of his career, where he's just moving out of. Um, so it, it's, it's refreshing to see a player that knows where he is and, and to get attacked by Donald Trump uh, and still kind of take the high ground and not do anything rash or do anything that could possibly hurt his reputation. I mean, honestly, the only backlash he's getting from this is from the taxpayer money. We just went over that. Uh, so it, it's nice to see that and all the NBA players and Melania Trump and um, Michael Jordan coming to LeBron's defense against the president um, is a great story as well. Now, whether he inspired this or not, um, one of the best things to come out of this LeBron uh, charity moments of charity, um, is inspiration of other NBA players or uh, other NBA stars or other public figures that are starting to, I don't know if they were already planning to be more charitable, um, but it, it's nice to see this barrage of nice things coming out of the NBA. Donovan Mitchell, a few days ago, has saw a person who was actually no why don't I let them say it uh, this is a tweet from Andrew Simeona sorry if I said that wrong uh, said I have a brother that's a little delayed in his development at the Apple store today he was told by a rep what he'd have to pay to have his phone repaired he couldn't afford it Spida Donovan Mitchell overheard and covered the cost for him Donovan is simply the best hashtag take note 
So look at that. Donovan Mitchell, random acts of kindness. He's really a good guy. He came to LeBron's defense after he was attacked. Um, and he's, he's a young kid, but he's just a class act, and there's nothing really negative been said about him. Um, and so it's, it's a phenomenal story there. And now we've got Derek Rose also announcing that he has started a college scholarship program which will award more than $400,000 in tuition money, the Rose Scholars, <laughs> probably a play on Rhodes Scholars. Um, but it's going to focus on students who are civically minded, civically minded and demonstrating a willingness to need. Uh, and Derek Rose also said, quote, I hope to provide students a path to college that was not previously available to them, end quote. So once again, the ability to provide low-income students to use your money to provide low-income students opportunities to succeed, not only just money, uh, but also the tool of an education. Hopefully more NBA stars will continue to see this. Hopefully more um, maybe NFL players or baseball players um, will, will be able to give back um, because this is how you start to... This is how you start to make change in the world as you give kids education. Um, and I'm really excited to see how this uh, trend has been going, starting with LeBron James. Let's talk a little bit about the JBA, why don't we? The basketball league that LeVar Ball started six months or eight months ago and that has now finished its regular season and it's going to the playoffs. Now, we're not actually going to talk about that because no one really cares about how the league is actually going, but uh, the Junior Basketball Association, first of all, uh, I want to point out just a little funny thing. If you go to the Wikipedia page, I just want to read this little sidebar real quick. Founder, LeVar Ball, director, LeVar Ball, commissioner, LeVar Ball, uh, sponsors, big baller brand. Just a little interesting, funny thing, just to happen to say it out of the way. Anyway, the JBA is doing okay. I mean, what did we really expect? I know LeVar expected, or at least he claimed to expect when he was on making his public appearances, big crowds, sold out arenas, um, etc. But in reality, we're getting low turnout, uh, but we're still getting our main viewership, which is going to be from online viewership. Uh, JBA Games, according to Nesson, average at least 100,000 viewers on Facebook Watch, and the games involving... The Los Angeles Ballers, home of the Ball Brothers, LaMelo and LiAngelo Ball, uh, get around 800,000 views. So, I mean, they're not really failing. It is their inaugural season, so they're going to get more viewership as time goes on. I really think this league actually has a chance to succeed. I mean, if you gain enough baseline popularity and you continue to draw these t level of, this level of talent, all you really need is one big star, a guy like Akizo Brown or one of the Ball brothers that ends up going to the NBA or playing overseas and being successful like a Jimmer Fredette level type of success where you're basically a cult hero in the country you play, uh, unlike the Ball brothers who weren't able to do that in Lithuania. But if you're able to get one player like that, I mean, and, and you attract one player like a four-star recruit who might have gone to the NCAA, uh, look, I mean, that's the way you take off. And the Ball family is none short of resources. They have plenty of resources, not only the money that they already have, but the money coming in from Big Baller brand. I mean, Michelle Sue's at $500 with this much publicity. You're probably going to get some purchases. Um, but either way, look, the JBA has a chance to succeed. And I actually kind of want to see it succeed because, look, it's an interesting... <laughs> 
got a plenty of interesting characters. Um, I'm not sure about their Facebook Ball in the Family series, how well that's going. Uh, but the league itself, I mean, I have no problem with it. Uh, if the games are exciting and they get some people who are actually going to play defense and they don't just like throw touchdown passes the entire game, look, you're going to find an audience there. Um, and that's going to draw some viewership. Uh, so there's actually a new thing that just came out that said LeVar Ball is going to offer players who uh, don't get a gig playing overseas or in the NBA, he's going to be able to offer them, in addition to the $3,000 a month, a job, a full-time or part-time job at Big Baller Brand. Um, look, I mean, it's, it's charitable in a different way. I and mean, We just came off talking about LeBron and how he's charitable with his I Promise school. In a different way, LeVar Ball is charitable by offering people an income, uh, either through playing basketball or through Big Baller Brand. So, I mean, look, the balls aren't doing anything incredibly wrong here. I can't believe we're, we're, we're still talking about them. Or I'm, oh, Look, I decided to talk about them. It's really my fault. It's really my fault. Um, but, but it's an exciting, it's an, it has the potential to be a competitor to the NCAA. can't believe I just said that. A little amusing quick take here. If you didn't know, the Hall of Fame ceremony occurred this weekend, and Terrell Owens, Terrell Owens had a high-profile boycott, uh, probably protesting the fact it took him three years to get in. And he gave a speech at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, which is his alma mater, criticizing sports writers, probably for not inducting him in soon enough. And now, the uh, Hall of Fame now wants a guarantee from inductees that they will attend the ceremony. Um... I mean, look, Terrell Owens said something that needed to be said. Uh, people should get into the Hall of Fame based on merit, not based on whether they're liked by sports writers or not. Uh, now, whether T.O. still got it in his third year, so it's not like he got banned forever. Um, but, I mean, you should have to attend the, the Hall of Fame, but I guess I'm not really for an outright you have to have to go. Uh, people still should have the choice to do what they want. He still gets the gold jacket. He still gets the bust. I mean, really, the only thing we're missing out on is him giving a speech in, in Canton instead of in Chattanooga. And I guess the thing they're trying to protect against is people slandering the sports writers uh, and, and criticizing the Hall of Fame. But, I mean, look, if you don't want people criticizing the Hall of Fame, get better at Hall of Faming. Get better at voting people in based on merit. Uh, this is a problem that can solve itself, and I really don't think a ban is necessary. I mean, like, what, this is, like, the first time uh, that this has happened? I mean, it's not... The the reasons for this type of thing is not like kneeling, where the reasons for why people are kneeling are widespread and people are going to jump onto it quickly like the, like the African-American population the NFL did. I mean, this is a one-time, this is a one-off thing. Uh, I don't think the Hall of Fame needs to overreact by creating an outright ban or on not attending the Hall of Fame ceremony in Canton. Thank you so much for listening to the Wong Takes, as per usual. Uh, do everything. Go to the website, bit.ly slash the Wong Takes. Full archive of the show there, patreon.com slash the Wong Takes. The Wong Takes at gmail.com. Leave questions, voicemails, rate, subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you so much for listening to the Wong Takes podcast, and I will see you next week.